Dennis, today you'd like to talk about things like herbal teas, fairly simple things. I am indeed looking forward to it, Jane. I have a bit bit of a crusade on at present, (laughs) and that is to simplify herbal medicine before it becomes so technical that you'll need a PhD to work it or practice it. I want to go back to the old (laughs) days and tell listeners how you can still use a herb very simply, very economically, and still get good results. And Health Naturally on your station too in URFM. Dennis Stewart can talk about the simple things today, but we're also very happy to have your calls. Elizabeth has rung in from West Walls End. Now, Elizabeth, you've got a question about a couple of different uh, medications, therapy. Uh, yes, actually. Um, Dennis put me on slippery elm and marshmallow powder a couple of years ago for an inflammation of the duodenum and it worked really well. Yes. I only realised the other day that it's classed as a prebiotic. Yes. I started taking a probiotic for uh-huh. gut health a few weeks ago. Yes. Can I take the slippery elm and marshmallow powder with, uh, as well? Yes. And if so, how long for? Okay. Look, um... What you're doing is, is, is very good. Uh, just to um, fill listeners in, um, marshmallow and slippery elm share similar properties. And uh, a number of years ago, I took on board uh, a combination that was developed by English herbalists around about the time of the Second World War, where um, they produced what was called a product known as um, slippery elm food. So I took on board the formulation and developed the combination, and I use that today as a more economical way of getting slippery elm over to people. Slippery elm is an American herb, and like many American herbs, is becoming scarce and increasingly costly. By by adding the marshmallow to the slippery elm, Remember, marshmallow shares the same characteristics as slippery elm. You can keep the cost of the product down and yet get all the benefits that slippery elm has on the gut from top to bottom, so to speak. So what you're doing there is using an excellent concept. Let me emphasize it again to listeners. Marshmallow and slippery elm, the basis of an older preparation known as slippery elm food, which I rejuvenated probably 20 years ago and uh, pass it on. So, But it is known as a prebiotic, and that's a, a term that's being used today, if you like, uh, to talk about the benefits that certain substances have, if you like, in the uh, early or primary stages of the digestive tract. Um, but um, as such, it has no detrimental effect upon what are called probiotics. Probiotics are agents which, to keep it simple, seek to improve uh, the gut flora, seek to promote a better uh, floral environment, if you want to put it that way, in the large bowel as a means of protecting against infection. And as such, working with a product like the Slippery Elm Food, you get a double whammy. You get the benefits of the prebiotics and the protective effect of the marshmallow and slippery elm food and you get the beautiful blending effect of the probiotics in whatever form and remember probiotics come in simple things uh, such as yogurt or in more sophisticated preparations that are in the marketplace as far as i'm aware um, there is no clash Um, in my opinion there couldn't be a clash and what you're actually doing in my opinion 
is improving the health of, of your gastrointestinal tract and keeping it uh, in a safer uh, p perspective and uh, keeping, if you like, the uh, chemistry of the gut, particularly in the large bowel, more in favour of resisting infection and inflammation. I think you're doing the right thing, Elizabeth. Oh, well, when I had the inflammation in the duodenum, yes. it said to put a, a heap teaspoon, but yes. with this, it should only be a level teaspoon, shouldn't it? Oh, look, yeah, it depends upon how you determine teaspoonfuls. There's so many different, so many different methods. I would say just an ordinary teaspoonful um, would be adequate. And for as long as I wanted, I don't have Absolutely. to go Absolutely. Remember, oh, remember, slippery elm and marshmallow have been technically referred to in in herbal medicine as medicinal foods. And I think to say this to listeners, many herbs warrant the term medicinal foods rather than being seen as medicines. Uh, I think we've done ourselves a disfavour by emphasising uh, medicinal herbs at the expense of their definition of, uh, of, of uh, herbal foods, if you like. So these are food substances uh, and, in my opinion, can become part of your lifestyle, your diet, your health, and, and can only do you good. To NURFM's Health Naturally, Dennis Frank is on the line. He's rung in from Charlestown. And, Frank, your question's about olive leaf extract and echinacea. Yeah, good afternoon, Dennis. Hello, Frank. For years now, we've been uh, purchasing uh, olive leaf extract yes. and echinacea yes. through a pharmacy. Yes. And uh, it was made up by a visiting um, herbalist. Yes. No longer will they sell it to you now because apparently there's been some changes in the pharmacy rules and regulations. So I was just wondering where I can get that in future. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not aware of the regulation, but uh, they would be using what are called the fluid extracts, which are basically the products that herbalists and naturopaths necessarily stock in their practices. So... Any um, naturopathic practice, any herbal medicine practice um, would stock uh, those products and could easily, easily formulate uh, a blend of those um, to meet your requirements, a blend in, in liquid form, obviously, and uh, dose related. So uh, it's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's not a problem. Um, uh, my practice or any practice um, would stock those things as just part and parcel of the dispensary. Okay. All right, Dennis. Thanks for that. Good on you, Frank. Sounds good. It's always nice to have a good outcome. It is indeed. Peter is on the line now. Hello, Peter. And uh, you've got problems with headaches and blood pressure and nasal sprays come into it as well? Yes. Hello, Peter. Hi, Dennis. Uh, mate, I'll just run down what's happened. I had a serious allergic reaction to uh, Drixine, um, the vasoconstricting uh, substance, yes. oxymetazolene, yes. and I've uh, sort of had a delayed reaction, and anyway, uh, I've had toothaches, eye pain, feeling like uh, spikes going through my head, oh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, blood pressure through the roof, dear, I've dear. had uh, been living on beta blockers and calcium channel blockers yes. to stop having a stroke yes. or a or a heart attack, and um, this has been going on for six years. Six years? Tried, yes, I've tried 
lots of doctors, talk to different specialists. Uh, most of them just don't want to know about it, just say, oh, I can't be the stuff, claiming it's only an eight-hour half-life. Well, that was only tested in dogs, never on humans. And uh, I've done a lot of reading on this on the, in the, you know, the medical literature and the case histories. And, um, you know, they're just not accepting it. And, uh, you know, I've got, I've got, got ultrasounds showing constricted arteries in my neck and a back wave in the blood flow, you know, showing cerebral vasoconstriction. Um, I've been trying to get in to see toxicologists at the Newcastle uh, Marta Hospital. And they refuse to see me unless you're an inpatient. I went. I got a referral to a, I think, an Indian doctor in um, Westmead, and he rang my doctor and refused to see me, saying it's not the stuff. They just uh, won't admit it. You know, I mean, your people have got an MTHFR gene mutation which you know, slows down the glutathione cycle and stops them from detoxifying heavy metals. And I said, you know, I'm just one of those people genetically predisposed for a bad reaction of this, like certain people with. Um, penicillin and uh, you know they just can't understand that it's beyond mm. their mm. thinking mm. you know oh well we haven't learned about this yeah, yeah. Look, it's a it's a very um, technical issue uh, Peter and uh, you would appreciate that my area of expertise is not in this so unfortunately Peter I'm in one of these situations where I, I can't respond or can't help you I'm sorry for that Peter Yes, and do hope that uh, you manage to get something yes. sorted out about that, Peter. Thanks for your call and uh, all the very best. Well, Dennis, let us get on to... Uh, <laughs> our topic. Our, our topic. topic. Of... I was all fired up to get into this, but uh, we've been uh, preoccupied with the board and that's fine. This is excellent. <laughs> yeah. Always good to have your calls. Um, but herbal teas... Yeah. You can't get much simpler than that, can you, you as a remedy? You can't. And um, people would think that this is a very, uh, how could you call it, a too simple way of getting herbal benefits. Well, let me just remind uh, listeners that the original way of using a herb was always as a tea or what we call an infusion or a decoction. And I can remember as a young herbalist using texts written by some of England's best medical herbal practitioners, where the formulations were all called up on the basis of dried herbs. Over the years, rightly or wrongly, our profession has moved into the area of sophistication and away from uh, the simple form of harnessing herbal action. And I'm concerned today that in so doing, moving away from the simple use of the herb to use more sophisticated products, uh, tablets, capsules, etc., that we have, to an extent, uh, made the practice of herbal medicine too sophisticated and seemingly beyond the ability of the ordinary person to harness the herb themselves and make it work at a simple and less expensive way. And so in my own practice, certainly now over the last decade, I have put my concerns into action and much of my prescribing these days is moving towards the reintroduction of dried herbs and encouraging my patients to make those dried herbs up as a tea or what we call an infusion or a decoction and it's working and in so doing I'm able to get the patient or the client 
to work as the person that manufactures the medicine simply by preparing it in a water-based form. And these herbs are very harmless herbs that I'm talking about, where there's a broad range of dosage and where the safety of them is very, very uh, well established. So I think that there's room to get over to people that you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for costly modern herbal supplements. And that's my concern, Jane, the cost of these things. You can get frequently a good benefit, and let me emphasize, a good equivalent benefit in many cases by getting hold of the dried herb and preparing it in a simple herbal tea as instructed by your herbalist naturopath, health food store proprietor or pharmacist. To NURFM's Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. And Dennis, uh, you're talking about herbal teas mm, mm. and things. Do we have scientific basis mm. for That's a very good point. using these? We, we do indeed, Jade. And what listeners need to realise is that in various editions of the British Pharmacopoeia, the British Pharmaceutical Codex, there are stipulated uh, water-based preparations infusions and decoctions, we call them. By the way, an infusion is the making up of a simple herbal tea, whereas a decoction is the boiling up of the herb uh, to extract its constituents. But essentially, both processes seek to extract from the dried herb the goodies in the dried herb that make it so effective. Now, older literature, but not necessarily older literature, contained numerous formulations that the pharmacist or the medical practitioner would prepare or script. I think, for instance, of an edition of the British Pharmaceutical Codex that uh, formed a lot of uh, the basis of the 1983 edition of the British uh, Herbal Pharmacopoeia. And in that document, there are numerous preparations, infusions and decoctions that are called up there, which would have been prescribed frequently to address genuine health problems and the, the, the effect of those herbs was so well known and documented that they were incorporated into that medical and pharmaceutical literature. So your question, uh, is there a scientific base, is perhaps better answered by saying there is a pharmaceutical basis, there is a medical basis to the integrity of these products in their water-based form. Excellent. Now, is it difficult to get hold of of herbal teas? I would argue not, and I and, and I hope that um, herbalists, naturopaths, health food store proprietors, and even pharmacists would take on board my encouragement to begin to stock some of the dried herbs that can easily, therefore, be facilitated to patients economically and get them to become the simple manufacturers of many of these infusions and decoctions. Uh, most of them I'm talking about, and I hope to mention a couple of them in a moment, should be readily available. If they're not readily available uh, and if listeners are having problems, they can always contact my office and we'll make sure we point them in the direction where the dried herb can be purchased from. But part of my crusade at this very late stage of my professional career is, as I said at the beginning of the program, to get back to simples, to get back to using the dried herb and not being dependent upon modern, sophisticated representatives of it. Now, we do have Paul on the line from Mount Hutton, Dennis, and he has a question about herbs and um, possible application mm, for cancer mm, treatment. Mm. Hello, Paul. Hello, Dennis. 
thank you for uh, responding to my telephone call. Oh, okay, Paul. Yes, yes. I have a I have a number of uh, cancers. Yes. Two of them is non-Hodgkin's yes. lymphoma. Yes. And I've recently been diagnosed by an oncologist as having pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, they've given me a time frame. Yes. But I'm not certain whether I should mention that to you. Yes. But what I uh, what I would like, sir is if you could give me your telephone, uh, your, your business telephone number so that I may make an appointment to see you. Okay. Uh, look, Paul, what we will do is stay on the line and uh, we'll get Sally to give it to you. I'll just put you on hold. But, uh, yep, yeah, that's, that's all good. Thank you, Paul. Thank you Thank for your you. call. And uh, we... Just one moment, Dennis. We will... Uh, Go to uh, Robin now, and Robin, Robin from Girvan, and Robin, you have cramps, a problem with cramps. Yeah, I've had them for about two and a half years now. Oh dear! But a couple of a couple of months ago, I was listening, and Dennis said about oh heaps of other things, and and one thing at the end was the um, corks. Yes. Yeah. Well. Would you believe I done that that night, yes. and I haven't had a cramp yeah. since. And Robin, and uh, what 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 you've said there, um, it supports what listeners have told me in my many years on radio when I've mentioned that uh, little yeah. program. People, um, the the straight scientists, of course, would throw their head back in laughter. Oh, but, well, my doctor does too. Yeah. Like as the doctors do too, yeah. but. You got a benefit. You got a you got a benefit, and um, I have mentioned that um, uh, quite quite seriously over many years, and and the results in many cases have been exactly like yours. Now, of course, um, modern medicine and modern science would say, "Oh, it's all in the head. It's 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 just a psychosomatic effect." But look, it it doesn't matter. The feedback is the feedback is that corks in the bed very yep. frequently alleviate cramps. So yeah. you, you're another one that's proven it. And thanks for ringing in because yeah. you, you have you have supported my sanity. Well, <laughs> I tell you mine too because I was up three or four times a night walking around yeah, the floor yeah. and I couldn't get rid of them. And yeah. then the day, actually, I've just sent some down to my sister because her husband gets them. There you go. And, they'll, be, um, they'll, they'll be run on corks, but the problem, <laughs> problem, problem these days is is uh, uh, many products no longer have corks; they've got screw tops. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. Well, she, she couldn't even buy them. I had hours over the shed. Yeah. Oh, and, there you um, go. <laughs> there you go. So how, that, how are you putting oh, them? Are you putting them in in a stocking or what? what no, uh, just. Just in socks. Yeah, okay. I've got two lots, yeah, one at yeah. the bottom of the bed and wow. one at the side of the yeah. bed. And well, there you go. You've uh, yeah. you've you've broken the back of all well, all good. the concerns about it and all the uh, the money that people spend on on specialist treatment and naturopathic treatment and get very little results by by taking on board yeah. the simplest of all information. Try corks. Yeah. You've got a good yeah, result. Well, 
It works for me. Well, so good on you. And I that's the main it. thing, isn't it? That's it excellent, works for you. Robin. And, of there course, corks are not always all that easy to They're get not. hold of. Well, I'm of having, I had, I, as you know, living in the Hunter Valley, um, my wife and myself are, uh, are enthusiasts about Hunter Valley wines, but... Uh, these days they don't have corks, so the supply of corks, you've got to go to a, a fishing shop or somewhere and buy bulk corks. Yes, in order to... there you go. They, they do exist. You just have to look a bit harder. Uh, okay, we'll go to Janelle now, who's from Elibana. Janelle, your husband has had a football injury and he's got a knee that's giving him trouble after that. Uh and uh, you'd like to ask Dennis about herbal teas with a bad knee. Is yeah. that correct? Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. So he um, has got a bad knee, he's had a bad knee for many, many, many years Yes. that I have been putting up with, let's say, for yes. <laughs> 20 plus yeah. years. Yes. Um, he is trying to be really proactive. He's got an exercise bike, um, mainly looking forward to get the knee done so to strengthen the muscles around yes. the knee so yes. that's that side of it but yes. to also try and relieve the pain that he's yes. in every night okay. um he read up on a few things and one thing was to stop coffee he was a very big coffee mm-hmm. drinker um stopped the coffee five plus cups a day and just starts drink. he's just been drinking tea um, herbal tea in tea bags, but mm. just more for the flavour. You know, okay. it has a okay. few different flavours. So when I heard you on today, I just thought maybe there's mm. a herbal tea that could be more beneficial that might help. There, there, there is, and I know where you're coming from, Janelle, mm. and I'm glad you rang because um, years ago, there's a little story about this preparation. Years ago, um, as a very young man, uh, fighting my own skin problem, eczema, yeah. I purchased a book by a Scandinavian doctor who was a radical doctor uh, in as much that he moved towards natural remedies. His name was Dr. Whelan. His daughter wrote a book on his treatment. Her name was Eber Whelan, and the name of the book was Rebuilding Health. Mm-hmm. And I still have the original copy. In fact, I brought a copy in with me today here. Mm-hmm. In the back of that book uh, is a combination of willow bark and silver birch, mm-hmm. which was popularly used in uh, in Germany during the war and immediately after the war when anti-inflammatory and uh, analgesic products were very, very scarce. Yeah. And willow bark and silver birch demonstrated in combination great efficacy in dealing with inflammatory joint conditions. I was so impressed with it that I actually wrote a paper on the effect of willow bark and um, silver birch, and that paper is freely available from my rooms in, in New Lambton. Mm-hmm. But I've produced the product, and I, uh, the combination, any anyone can make it up, but I had it made up and containerized, yeah. containing uh, willow bark and, and silver birch, the instructions to make a tea of it, mm-hmm. and drink, say, about three cups of it a day. Yeah. And eventually what will happen, and it shouldn't take too long, is that some degree of pain relief will begin to occur right. consistent with probably the reduction of some level of inflammation. Now, the preparation is very safe, yeah. very economical, and there wouldn't be anyone that could question the rationale of that combination because both herbs, willow bark and silver birch, are well-documented in both European pharmacopoeias mm-hmm. and in our own English language 
pharmacopoeial documents, particularly the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia. Keeping in mind, keeping in mind, and I keep emphasising this, that the oldest analgesic and anti-inflammatory agent, which goes way, way back to yeah. the Greeks, is is the herb willow bark. Yeah. And silver birch, mm. even to this day, is okay. one of those popularly used herbs in Europe to address the same conditions that willow bark addresses. That combination, uh, I think, will will help your uh, husband quite considerably. Okay. And, and what I would append to it is uh, preparations topically that incorporate arnica and mm-hmm. what's called the oleo resin of capsicum. Write that down, arnica. Now, arnica is a herb uh, only topically used. It can't be used orally, but topically used. It has a reputation particularly for injury and coping with damaged tissue and inflammatory tissue, particularly associated with sports injuries. When combined with the active principle from capsicum, that is known as the oleoresin of capsicum, in various topical applications, there are a number of them around, Stiff Saw and Sorry or other products, um, you can use that as an agent to rub around the joint. Yeah. And you do that after a couple of days. It takes about oh, three to four days for the topical application to build up enough chemistry in the tissue for right. it to be able to uh, lessen the pain generation. If you were to do that... I would be most surprised, most surprised, if mm. your good husband didn't get benefit from that. Okay, well, I am crossing everything that this works because... Oh, I see. <laughs> the last five years have been testing, uh-huh, uh-huh. shall we, we say. We, we, we better make this work. We want to save something. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> well, there you go. I've given you the clues. Thank you. Stuart and Health Naturally on 2NURFM at the moment and Dennis, Sue is with us now from Warrabrook and uh, your question is about a neurological disorder, yes? Yes, that's right. Hello Sue. Hello Dennis, good afternoon. I have functional neurological disorder. Mm -hmm. Last July I had the AstraZeneca injection Mm -hmm. And it seized my legs up and I haven't been able to walk since. Oh, dear, dear. So dear, dear. I was wondering if there was anything that you knew that I could do to help myself. Okay, look, have you uh, taken this up with your doctor or a neurologist? Yes, I I was diagnosed by a neurologist. And um, I, I have a reprieve every second day. Yes. Till I had the AstraZeneca injection, I had it in the afternoon, to in last July, and the next morning I had the stroke. Oh dear! And it's frozen my legs up, dear. and I can't sit up. I'm in a lot of pain. I have to lie down all the time, and any appointments I can get to, I have to go by patient transport. Dear, dear, dear! Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Sue. Look. Anything I was to say in in half a minute would be uh, pretty feeble. What I would suggest is that if you want to write uh, history and send it to me, I'll have a look at it for you. Um, I'm not a neurologist. I'm not a medical practitioner. But I may be able to recommend a few pathways for you to walk down to see if you can get some benefit. Um, I empathise 
uh, with your um, condition and um, yeah, uh, I could talk to you uh, a lot about what you've experienced but uh, oh. I wouldn't do so. Um, no. Write to my rooms in Alba Road and I will get back to you and, okay. and if I can in any way provide some avenues of exploration to help you resolve this, I'll do my best, Sue, to do so. They tell me that it's like a computer. Yes. If you have a problem in the software, you can take the chip out and replace it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not much good at computerisation, but I can provide perhaps some avenues for you to look at. Okay. Okay, so stay on the line and uh, we'll uh, give you the, Sally will give you the um, address uh, and then you'll be able to go from there. Uh, in the meantime, Dennis, we have Robert on the line from Raymond Terrace and um, your um, uh, prostate is uh, causing some problems. Yes? Yes, that is correct. I've I'm up and down hour, hour and a half all during the night, having oh, dear, to go dear, and dear, urinate. Dear, dear. Now, Robert, um, with your prostate condition, um, obviously you're, you're being monitored by, by a GP or a urologist? or where uh, at? Yeah, my GP, well, I've had uh, x-rays and that. Good, I don't, don't have prostate cancer. Good. No, no, I understand that. Uh, but uh, what you've got is enlargement. And, yes. uh, and you're getting up too frequently at night. Now, yeah, it doesn't hold enough. <laughs> have you used any medical uh, approaches to it? He has given me a prescription yes, for yeah. Tamsulin, I think okay, it is. Okay, yeah. And, and uh, look, I'm not in any way at all going to uh, contradict that. It's a good prescription. But um, in our system of medicine, and I'll be, I'll be frank with you and listeners, uh, as an elderly man, I'm aware that I'm likely to have prostate problems. The majority of males will have a prostate problem, particularly when they reach 100 years of age as I am. No, I'm only talking about tongue-in-cheek. But I've I... got a 25 years to catch you. <laughs> OK, OK. Uh, you're in the same age bracket. Look, I'm 75. Uh, yeah, and I'm a bit more than that, but never mind. Look, I'll, I take a combination of um, saw palmito in combination with nettle root in combination with an Indian remedy known as Crativa, not Crativa's Crativa. Now, um, I um, every male with a with a prostate gland is likely to experience, as I've said, some enlargement, and that can frequently bring on, as you've said, uh, or what's known as medical medically as nocturnal frequency. Um, I might get up once, maybe twice, maybe twice, depending on how much I drink. Uh, I say that tongue-in-cheek, I never get drunk, obviously, but I enjoy a drink. And um, once or twice a night is the maximum, um, and I believe that saw palmito in combination with nettle root and crativi is the answer to that. But what I found was this, and I pass this on to people or men out there that might be using saw palmito, which is the lead remedy, by the way, very uh, saw palmito, in my opinion, is largely responsible for the benefit of that combination. In my opinion, both nettle root and crativi are secondary in their action, but uh, saw palmito is without doubt uh, universally recognised in our system as being useful for this condition. But what is important is, if you take uh, the, the herb in a, in, a, in a minimal dose, 
you're not likely to get an effect from it. Um, you've got to look at the dosage and make sure you're taking an optimum level of it. Now, I haven't got time to go into dosage with you, but again, if you are unsure about it, you can ring my rooms and one of my staff or myself will tell you what our thoughts are on the dosage required to be taken to get a good benefit from saw palmito. I'm sure, I'm sure that you would get some benefit by bringing that into your management. I'd be surprised if you didn't, but again, it comes down to the dosage of that most important herb, saw palmito, without doubt universally recognised uh, as important for benign prostatic enlargement. You're on the right, are you taking saw palmito, anything like that? No. Okay, look, oh. run it past your doctor. Um, most doctors are aware of it. If you're not getting a benefit from what's been prescribed by your doctor, I doubt very much whether he'd have any objections to your using that remedy, which is a very, very safe remedy. Well, that's the main thing, as long as it's not likely to give you any counter-reactive. Look, every, every time you take anything, and particularly a herb, there's almost always a remote possibility of an idiopathic reaction. But again, I come back to the point that most herbs... Uh, are considered to be available, if you like, to the public without script because they're considered to be safe in, in reasonable uh, usage. So saw palmito, I've prescribed for probably 40 years of my professional life. I can't think of anyone that's ever had a reaction to it. But again, uh, if you're going to go down the pathway and you've got a good doctor that's interested in your case, and I'm sure you have, discuss it with him. But I can only tell you what I do and um, as a male in, in a little bit more advanced than you, I'm quite happy with the taking of a preparation led by the herb saw palmito. Uh, how's that spelled? S-A-W-P-A-L-M-E-T-T-O, saw palmito. The actual, it's a, actually a pine tree and it has leaves on it that are saw-shaped. So if, if you like a, a, a saw-shaped tree uh, that, that is like a palm, so it's saw yeah. palmetto. That yeah, makes it easier to remember. Get an idea so I can check with yeah. the chemist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. excellent. He, he would know about it. Okay, well, all the very best mm. with that, Robert. In our last minute, Dennis, um, we will well, talk about herbal teas next time. We've got to take time. it up next week because I've got some very, very interesting information on simple herbal teas for various conditions that where historically they've proven to be very, very useful. So next week we'll get straight onto the topic of why there are teas and how sometimes taking a water-based herbal preparation has a superior benefit to taking, if you like, a solid form such as a capsule or a tablet. The Europeans talk about a process called irrigation therapy which is the taking of certain herbs, which has a flushing effect, particularly on the urinary tract. We'll look at that frequent, or we'll look at that next week, when we look at the role of the South African herb, buku, in addressing chronic urinary tract conditions. Ah, there's so much, and we always mm. knew water was a good thing, didn't we? It was indeed. <laughs> and they do say we come from water. Well, thank you very much, Dennis Stewart, and uh, we look forward to Health Naturally again next Friday after the midday news to NURFM.